this week's This Week in Sparkling Water. This is your host, Smokey <laughs> Joe Svensson. What is your name? <laughs> no, I'm going with Smokey Joe Svensson. Smokey Joe Svensson. Who, who do I have on the line today? Uh, this is your uh, roommate, Marissa Rodriguez. I'm doing a in character. Hot. Oh, am I supposed to do a character? No. Because I'm not. No, I'm not names. doing a character anymore. Okay. Character canceled. <laughs> um, a lot of things on the docket, Marissa. Oh, like what? <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel like there's a lot of things on the docket? I mean, yeah, there's new things on the docket every single day. So yeah, I feel like uh, podcasting is a little bit like therapy, and when I used to have a therapist. It was a little bit like if I woke up in the morning and felt really at peace with the world, mm. like there was a perfect sense of equanimity. It was a little bit like, so it's a little bit frustrating because then you go to the therapist's office and you're just sitting there. Hmm. And if I woke up in the morning and the, the wife was being a real B-I-T-C-H and then I had therapy in the afternoon... So that there's like some real fresh material to deal with. Mm. That was like a very, in a weird perverted way, that's like a really good feeling. When you actually have something to present your therapist with? Yeah, because you, I, I always did have problems sometimes. So it, it just made sense. It was just very practical if the problems happened pretty close to therapy. Because it gets hard to deal with, uh, it gets hard to bring it back. Um, okay, I feel like I have to start from the beginning and, and say something, which is that I've gotten some feedback where people are like, dude, are you not social distancing? Like, how are you have these episodes every week? And I have to just say that I recorded all the episodes a really long time ago. Yeah, can confirm there has been nobody yeah. in this home. It's like um, March 16th, Governor Jay Inslee from the great state of Washington, the... Uh, the CrossFit state. What is the state called? Uh, the Evergreen State? I don't... Maybe. Might be the I'm Evergreen State. Uh, March 16th, Governor Inslee closed all the restaurants. Oh, um, okay. Okay, yeah. And then um, that's when it really sort of got more serious, the social distancing. I would say... I mean, it's been a process. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I recorded them all before that, except Max, who showed up in my apartment three days after we both got fired. Um, and then um, it's uh, it's interesting, all the politicking about becoming... Uh, getting yourself uh, classified as essential. Because mm. I had this one guy who came into the restaurant who was kind of hanging out for a bit, and he was talking about... He worked in construction. And construction is... It's essential, but then you end up in these situations where you have to bring people in. Lots of different people have to gather for it to work. Because you need all these different specializations. Electrician company, water company, you know, pipe company, all these different things. And then that hits some other ceiling where it's just too many people from too many different contexts gathering in in too tightly close of a space. Oh, wow. Okay. And... um, and yeah. then, like, that vetoes the fact that you're essential. Like, uh, Ravenna Gardens in the University Village, just a plant shop. Like, why the fuck is that open? <laughs> well, I, oh, I forgot they got the strawberry reason. plants? There's so many, pl- there's actually, plant shops are considered essential. And I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's like. <laughs> so funny. Maybe, so people can, 
garden and like life is such a or... thought experiment right now <laughs> where it's like okay so imagine a situation where you're trying to save lives mm-hmm. and somehow strawberry plants are more important than how i was trying to go to um oh my god what's the name of that fancy uh a furniture store crate and barrel crate and barrel <laughs> i love crate and barrel i'll really tell you right important. now i love crate and barrel <laughs> crate and barrel is where i got a lot of expensive things because for my when i got married mm-hmm. they in america they have this thing called a registry yes you register somewhere yes which means basically you put up an amazon wish list i mean you so, can do that for like you can do that for yeah not just your wedding but a baby shower you can do that for oh, pretty yeah. much anything these days. So all these stores get a lot of money from this. So all the stores have a really sophisticated back end where you, they really support the registry function, meaning mm-hmm. that you can very easily go in, browse everything, and this complete, like there's a product explorer on the website for if you want to buy things, but then there's a totally separate ecosystem for if you want to register things. Hmm. So where you are not buying them, you're just putting them on a list. Oh, wait. I think I've just seen this in movies where you have that scanner clicker. That's like the scanner gun. Yeah. That you walk around and you're just like, that looks cool. And you yeah. scan it and then it just goes onto your registry. There's a specific gun for people who are going to get married. And they just get to walk around the store and bleep everything that looks good. Yeah. And then that's going to get bought by like, you know, someone's third uncle is going to get this fork for you. And it's a good fork. you end up with... A lot of nice stuff. Like, yeah. I couldn't buy that $600 Le Creuset Dutch oven, you know? With, Was it? With my own money. That oh three-piece set is like 600 bucks. Isn't that from, um, what is that, that tableau place? The pot, the pet, the... I mean, the company that made that is called Le Creuset, and it, it was bought at Crate and Barrel. Oh, because there's another one. It's the bougie... Ah, Sur Tab. That's the one that... Solatab. Sur Oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. Right? Sur la table. I think that means for the table <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in French. Yeah, yeah, it's like very expensive on there. That's why. Yeah, that's why yeah, I thought yeah. I got it. Okay, that's tight. Um, all right. Other thing I have to mention: the Patreon is online. Marissa, do you know what the URL is for my Patreon? I, I do not know. No. Tell me. No one knows. Oh. Because I haven't put it anywhere. Oh, okay. The Patreon is just Patreon.com/slash/SparklingWater. So. Let's do a roommate follow-up. A roommate follow-up. Yeah. Any recent developments? Like um, any... Because a lot of things happened since the last episode, you know? Yeah. We both got laid off. You're also between relationships right now. Yeah. My ex and I separated. Um, What else? I mean... Yeah. You You got into sourdough. Oh my god, I love baking. Yeah. yeah. So I got into baking. Yeah, I forgot yeah. that that's that's big developments. We've been spending a lot more time together since we both got laid off and since we're both sequestered in the same apartment. Now I'm an essential worker because I work with soup. Yeah. And soup so, is essential. So to clarify, you have been laid off, but you still go into work because yeah. your whole thing is like, I was fired and laid off, but you <laughs> still go to work every day, so okay. <laughs> I work four shifts. Okay. I work four shifts. So not laid off, but okay. Oh, yeah. I was like Jesus Christ on Easter, you know? I just 
you know. Finish that. Brought back to life, Marissa. You were brought back to life? Three days later, you walk out of the cave. You rose. Okay. I, that was a very obvious reference. I, uh, I got I it. I just really wanted you to make that direct comparison to <laughs> Jesus, to you, to you working. But okay. I'm not comparing myself to Jesus Christ. I would never. I mean, at, you know, I wasn't born in a manger. No, just a hospital bed in Sweden. You know, last time we checked in, my sister was um, about to give birth. <gasps> That's right. Now she's given birth. It's uh, she's got a a small child. Mm-hmm. I mean, an infant. Yeah, an infant. Yeah, it's very different. Than the small and child. you know, uh, is it though? <laughs> I mean. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Potato tomato, but um, I think this child looks so much like me. Oh, really? And it's like kind of an ugly child. <laughs> It's like, it's like kind of like this, it's like me, like a malnourished version of me with like this big old mouth, just sort of like all crooked faced and real skinny looking, real lanky. Like you ever seen a lanky baby? Actually, no, that's very odd. Yeah, dude. Because you know, you have seen one lanky baby, this guy. I'm pointing to myself because I got this aging baby face and I'm really lanky. Wow, I didn't realize she was lanky. Yeah, yeah. How can you even be lanky? Also really doesn't look like a girl. But, you know, I guess we'll get there. I mean, what does look like a girl mean? Anyways, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it means what it means. Uh, Yeah, there are certain words that Marissa aren't allowed to know. Um, What else is there? What else is there? So, yeah, what's the most annoying thing with me as a roommate? Well, I feel like this is 2.0. I mean, yeah, so post quarant like in quarantine, I think it's just not I don't know, it's not mm. like I have a very clear answer again. Mm. Like the things that annoy me are things that are derived from being in quarantine and mm. like being at home all day. Yeah. So that's just Yeah, I'm gonna stop you right there and say that I don't feel very good. Like I'm in a bad mood today. Yeah. I feel like like I, I stopped taking my SSRIs, so for seven days I've had this loud ringing in my ears, mm. and I feel really dizzy, yeah. and I feel really bitter and mm-hmm. spiteful towards people. I'm finding it very hard not to be really negative, mm. and um, yeah, and I mean that it definitely like we're figuring it out, but it's definitely like fuck. I mean withdrawals are really hard in general. <laughs> yeah. But I think bad mood is also contributed to that. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things going on. But yeah, I think that, I mean, I've definitely had several days out of the week that I'm just not down to talk to anybody or even be social or I just like stay in my room and I, yeah. can't, I can't hang. But yeah, yeah, no, it's been, it's been tough. Um, yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of things that just suck in my life right now. Like... Right at this very moment, I'm in a fight with Julie mm. because... I See, I told you. I knew it. Sorry. Because, <laughs> no, okay, backstory is that, like, he was like, okay, Julie may not be coming over for pizza for dinner. And then I was like, oh, did something happen? And he was like, hey, 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 hey. And that was when you did the hey. Yeah. I said, hey, 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 save it for the pod. Oh, God. But the save it for the pod was implied. Okay. Yeah. That was yeah, just whispered. So she... 
thinks I'm really negative and bitter and stuff, and it's true. And I, when I go over to her house, I, I'm like a little bit shitty and, mm. and inconsiderate. And I was meditating on it and trying to be really honest with myself. And I think part of it is this weird reflection thing where I am being inconsiderate over there because I feel like she's being inconsiderate over here. Mm. So it's like, like payback or re- yeah. revenge a little bit? Yeah. Mm. Which is shitty. It's it's not not shitty. Yeah, it's not great. And it's like I'm I was I mean her roommate used to get along really well. Mm-hmm. And then I've just been a little bit annoying over there now. Mm. And when I'm being really honest, I think it's cuz she's like kind of annoying to you. But that might just be in my head. Uh Who's annoying to me? Oh, Julie's annoying. Oh, like, okay. So you're trying to reenact like a, a counterpart that you think is in your head over there? Yeah. Like you are the me that's over there and you feel like... No, I'm the Julie over there. You are the... So yes, yeah, sorry. You're yeah. Right. You're the Julie over there. So um, do you think Julie is annoying when she's over here? No, I don't think that she's annoying when she's over here. I think that... Yeah, I don't think that I'm, like, even in, like, a really great, like, state of mind or, like, frame of mind to even, like, be able to accurately say how you guys are here and how she is here. Because I think, I think every time that she's here now, I do get instantly annoyed and it's not because of her. (laughs) And that's, it's this, but, like, I need to say that because it really is not because of her. Radical honesty, man. This space... Yeah, I feel like you can push it to one more level of honesty and and put some of the blame on her. (laughs) Well, I mean, no, I think that for me, it's just, it's just the, it's an envy. It's seeing your relationship and that it's, it's more like, I take it to a different level. Like for me, it's about the relationship that I'm seeing and that like you guys can have that, that ease, even though like what is clearly going on on the inside is very different than what you're maybe portraying on the outside or what I'm seeing. But for me, it's like, oh, like this is. They're doing an easy peasy relationship thing, and right, it's, I it's, don't have it's that. It's variable, and, and yeah, I've all I've since your your parting of ways. <laughs> since I my have breakup, felt, yeah, I got dumped. fucking left in quarantine. Oh, shit, <laughs> breakups. I mean, quarantine is COVID days is a bad time to. To yeah. fucking be parting ways. No, I fucking know. <laughs> but and like, yeah, I've definitely felt like just. I mean, there is just a very, 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 in unchangeable thing when three human beings are are in a room and two of them are in a relationship. Oh yeah. That the third one is like it's super super unavoidable. That that's the, oh, yeah. the framing is that it's like no for sure. And I think that like so when you ask me like her coming over and her being annoying. I, I can't see it right now <clears throat> in any other lens than like she is a person in a relationship and you are in a person relationship. Because when you guys, when I'm with her separately, like yeah. not that I'm with her separately often, but yeah. like if I'm driving her home some or something, yeah. um, I see her as her. And yeah. like obviously with you, I see you as you, you're my roommate. But when you're together, it changes what I'm seeing. And mm. like the annoying, like any possible small little annoying thing that could even bother me mm. is magnified in a different sense. So I'm just like, I just really am projecting and it's in a different way. So I Marissa, can't you're... very accurately say like that she is annoying me because mm. 
I mean, before she didn't really know me, but also before it wasn't quarantine. So yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Very, but why is she annoying you? Why do you feel like she is not? I worry about. Consider I worry it here. Ab- um, I don't know. I guess it's a lot about you. Where, you know, we have a meal, and then we have bowls of spaghetti, and then we finish the bowls of spaghetti, and then her and me have this deal where, like, if I cook, she cleans up, mm-hmm. and then the bowls of spaghetti are sitting there. And I just know that it's like you don't love when it just hangs out forever. I mean, yeah, but also bowls like of spaghetti everywhere. I get that, but it's also not very like I am also understanding in the way of that like it's not very feasible. Not, I mean, like feasible, but like it's not really realistic. Like when you eat a dinner, you like eat the dinner, but it's not like the second you finish dinner, you're gonna go and wash a dish. Like I am very aware of that. I think. Now, in quarantine times, yeah, that probably will annoy me more than out of quarantine time just because I am home and like say you've eaten dinner before me and then I come in and the dish, the kitchen is a mess and I'm like, okay, I have to clean one dish to make a dish or something like that. So I think that in those situations, but I feel like in big part, like it's not a thing that bothers me when I... I mean, I, I, cause I can empathize and I understand that you don't want to immediately wash a dish afterwards and I don't have that expectation. So, so I feel like I'm going to stop you right there and say, I don't agree with that. I feel like when I, I am in this headspace where I really want to keep moving. Hmm. And after a dinner is had, I want to clean it up as soon as possible in, and in that situation, I feel like it's awkward because I am, I've been painted into this corner where if I start cleaning up 30 seconds after we cook, then she takes offense. Yes. Because then I haven't, yeah, you have seen that, where she gets pissed off where it's like, oh, I'm not allowed to fucking sit down and and now you're cleaning up and me cleaning up is, is a, a fuck you to her for not cleaning up fast enough. Mm-hmm. And I just can't win. Because if I do, because for a long time, for like a year plus, I just did that. I just got up, I cleaned it all, mm. and I didn't make it a thing with her. Mm. And I and she wasn't offended because I hadn't had a bunch of fights with her about it. Yeah. And it built up in me mm. where I started seeing her as this lazy person mm-hmm. because she's a pothead and I'm not now. Now. Yeah, exactly. There's a big like, um, yeah, the the sobriety and the weed thing is like a very um, interesting aspect of it because it's it was like I was, yeah, when I stopped smoking weed, first I had to break up with her. Yeah. Because going over there, smoking weed there every day made it impossible for me to keep going over there and not smoke weed every day. Yeah. Step one. And then I broke up with her, and then we kind of got back together after a few months, and there's this new thing now where we're not, we don't, like, the relationship isn't resting on us smoking weed together all the time anymore. Yeah, it has a different foundation. Yeah, it has, we're these two new roles, and in these new roles, I am trying to be much bigger and much less bitter and much less spiteful and much much less negative but in reality it's like pushing the, these those things are pushing the other way the mm-hmm. fact that she has no interest in like not smoking weed every day or whatever even though she doesn't like have a problem with it yeah and everyone's program is different 
and I'm not judging her in that. Like, I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have opinions on it. It feels like you're trying to distance yourself. It just sounds like the way that you and her were together when you were still smoking weed every day and how she was. It sounds like you really closely, closely identify her with that time period. And oh, with, absolutely. Like how you were in that time period. Mm-hmm. And, and now you getting really annoyed at her and thinking of her as quote unquote lazy and um, really getting frustrated with her often. It just sounds like now that it i mean it sounds like you just you resent her a little bit and it sounds mm-hmm. like the resentment is definitely stemming from that she still smokes weed she still can smoke weed she doesn't have a problem this is nothing that she has to go through and you do and it sucks and you want to distance yourself from the person that you were but she is so linked to the person that you were that it's but you want her in your life so it sounds like you're trying to fight this battle where you're pushing and pulling with yourself every time that you're with her yeah and the only thing there that i disagree with is that i don't true like it's hard for me to believe that she doesn't have a problem with it at all Mm. but problem is very it's a very ephemeral concept i feel like it's a very personal concept yeah because what i'm saying is she has this, what I always say to her, it's like she has this really heavy energy where she just wants to lay down completely flat to watch television. <laughs> she always wants to be completely horizontal on the couch. That's so funny, and if yeah. she has to sit up at all, even if it's on like a fucking beanbag, it's like, oh, I can't sit up. I have to lay down. And it's like, it just annoys me. And then she wants to just sit down and watch television. And it's just like, it just annoys me. And it's very hard for me to not ascribe that even a little bit to eating a bunch of edibles. Mm. Because when you eat a bunch of edibles, that's more what you want to do. I mean, that's an idea that people have. People have an idea that if you smoke a bunch of weed, you kind of want to sit down and not do anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that definitely does play into that. I mean, yeah, it just kind of really feels like it's circling back to the she is the thing that you were and you are trying to distance yourself from yes. that. And how do you do that? Yes. Still being in this relationship. Completely. And and it, it's also about this thing where a few years ago, or like when I was a teenager, I was this person who just wanted to do as little as possible. And I my parents fucking hated me because my room was always insanely messy and I didn't help out at all around the house. And I was mm. just the worst fucking teenager. And then so I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and then at 21, I was the same. And at 23, I was the same. But then at some point, I just there was just a switch where I was like, no, we have to push. Like, we have to push ourselves to always be doing something because it actually feels better at the end of the day when think- you pushed the whole time. I mean, I absolutely agree with that. But I think that when you think about it in terms of you and her, you guys are in very different places in your life. Oh, yeah. I'm 10 the, years older than her. Yeah, you're, you're at the pushing part. And she's at the, well, I'm 23 and I kind of don't want to do everything because I have years to go before yeah. I need to think about pushing myself. Yeah, absolutely. So it just sounds like, I mean, I... It's I, me hanging out with someone before that switch happened. Yeah. Before they flicked that switch. Yeah. It's me hanging out with myself at 23. Mm-hmm. And... It drives me a little bit crazy. Yeah. But I care for her, you know? <laughs> I like that that's the bow at the end of that talking <laughs> session. It's like, but I care for her. <laughs> God damn it. 
It's so funny. Oh, wow. Oh, God. How did that feel? To say those things out loud, or what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess. To put that bow at the end, what do you mean? No, just to say those things out loud. I mean, I'm sure these are things you've maybe even talked about or even thought about, but... Oh, yeah, 95% of that I have said to her mm-hmm. five times. Jesus. Um, but I will say I this. Know. When she is here, like, because what you said in the beginning of how when now, now you feel like she's inconsiderate when she's here, so when you're over there, you're trying to, well, you're acting inconsiderate, but from what I've seen when she's been here, I I think she's really trying hard to be considerate. Okay. Because hmm. I think Cause that, I don't like, see that, but it's very helpful for you to say that. Because I, I mean, every time that, like, something is done, I mean, she says it in a little bit of, like, a defensive way, like, oh, better clean this up right now. It's a little bit of a passive-aggressive yeah. way. <laughs> but I think it's, I think, one, she's just hurt probably the way that you, you said it to her yeah. in the past. But two, I think that she... I mean, I know that she has very big feelings for you and will do anything to to kind of um, keep the relationship afloat. I don't know yeah. if that's too big of a statement. Um, but she, I at least from what I've seen, she's definitely put in the effort when she's here mm. to try to be considerate. And I think that that's what she thinks that you want from yeah. her. And I mean, I want to... The thinking part of my brain and the analytical part of my brain and the most honest part of my brain knows that everything that I just said is pretty much 100% my problem (laughs) and not her problem. It's just so hard for me to emotionally believe that. Mm. But it's um, when I, my first serious long-term girlfriend was this German girl, Hannah Führer. Führer means, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bad word from the Nazi era. So she later changed her last name to Ohm because she didn't want her last name to be Führer, like what Hitler called himself. Yeah. Um, she really had this strong worldview of your partner is a reflection of you. And I was her boyfriend and I was a year older than her and we were in high school and we were together for a couple of years. And whenever I came along and met her friends, which was all the time, every day, mm-hmm. the thing we did back then was you got out of high school, you you got out of class, and then they all went to this cafe. And it's such an asshole annoying thing for a 16-year-old to be like, oh, we're going to hang out at a cafe. Because they were all like super pretentious, like literary mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I hate those people. <laughs> but I, we would always go to a fucking cafe. And they, she always shitted on me afterwards. And was like, shitted on how I had said something that she didn't think was cool enough in oh, front Jesus. of her friends. And dude, that lady hurt me so much. Yeah, that's fucked up. She also, I, I wrote this like novel when I was 16. And wow. on her birthday, I printed the whole thing and gave it to her. Oh. And I put it in this, like, manila envelope. Yeah. And then she, like, took it and was like, oh, thank you. And then she put it on her dresser. And then, oh, my God. <laughs> Two months later, six months later, eight months later, four months later, that manila envelope never moved, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> and it was, like, so painful, sort of. <laughs> it's so funny. Because it wasn't a good novel, you know? But really, she didn't know that because the manila envelope didn't even move, you know? 
And now, sorry, side note, I have massive guilt now because I haven't finished your book. Yeah, no, <laughs> so that, sorry. that's fine. No, no, this is a very different situation. Okay, I just needed to like clear the air that it's it's yeah. not it's not on my yeah it's on my bookshelf. Now. Yeah, but no, there's many books. No, no, no it's it's very different. It's very different. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, anyway, because I was 16, I was much more sensitive, and she was my girlfriend. Yeah. And as a girlfriend, you have a lot more obligation yeah. towards your boyfriend if he really cares about something. Yeah. You have a <laughs> And boyfriends also have obligations towards girlfriends if they care about something. <laughs> Marissa, what said. does that mean? That <laughs> just needed to be fucking said. Whatever. What I said wasn't gendered. The partner has obligation towards the partner. That is very true and not gendered. We yes. said before it was gendered, but okay. Yes. But you see how semantically that sentence is harder to understand for the human brain? Mm-hmm. And it's easier to understand if it's gendered. But uh, moving right along, she had all these things where she made it so that you... She really programmed me to believe that we are... The image of the partner is a reflection of us, and that is part of my problem with Julie. I think that... I mean, honestly, I I like that sentiment that, you know, the person that you're with is a reflection of you in a way because I feel like when we... F- are seeking out a partner like there are things that we're seeking out and it's either things that we feel like we really identify with either with values or something that we feel like we're lacking Mm -hmm. that other person brings and you just really enjoy that dynamic and i do think that it is that way but to take it to an abusive level almost of just like shitting on the other person for not being what you want them to be that's where it's Mm. i mean you're doing a little bit of the same thing that she did to you um, I'm doing to Julie what Hannah Führer did to me, you mean? In a sense, I feel. Yes, like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And I don't like it. I I mean, you're saying that you don't hate the sentiment of your partner's reflection of you. I really hate it. I, I, mm. But that's only because I've only seen it in the negative, in the perverse manifestation of it, where maybe it could be a positive thing, where you're just proud of your partner for their positive things. But I've never even seen that. You know? I mean, I feel like just even in seeing, like, you and Julie, like, you guys just balance each other out. Like, what it is is you guys are, I mean, complete opposites in some ways of of everything that she says, because she says a lot of things. Um, and she just talks a mile a minute, and things are very light and easygoing and just kind of, like, some surface level things. She does get into, you know, deep things, but just, like, generally just going just going with the flow of it and as a person that can just walk up and talk to anybody and is just very extroverted and you are mm. like the very opposite of that I feel like in some ways where it's not like not like you're not extroverted but I think in general you you seem to be a little more of an introvert and when you're talking with people you know you're a little bit more like I feel like you can talk to pretty much anybody in the room but you're a little probably slower to warm up and open up just in general mm. and then I think that in terms of like talking about things like you tend to delve into the more I mean you you delve into the depth of an issue and talk about it at length. It, you talk about controversial issues and you debate them in controversial ways, but it just yeah, seems maybe. like you guys are know. both you yeah. guys are just the opposites of each other and I mean opposites attract, all this and that. Mm. But it seems like what you were looking for when you saw and when you found her were the things that weren't a part of you and that's yeah. a, that's not a bad thing that's I a, don't know. a growth thing 
I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree that we're super opposite or anything, but mm. I do agree that she is very different from me, but in a big way, I kind of see it as she's a little bit extreme. Like she talks, ex- like she, you know, people always talk about how much she talks. Mm-hmm. And we, we used to work at this place, Blue Star, and I was my buddy Elliot over there. Him and me worked there together for a long time. Like when I started, he trained me yeah. and I worked there for three years and he worked there for the three years that I was there. And um, so we were good friends. And then Julie started and he always hated her. And then me and Julie became good friends. And then when Elliot found out that we had like, that me and Julie had like hooked up, he was like so pissed off (laughs) and so disgusted. And he goes, does she, because he's back, background, he's British. So this is me doing a British accent. Does she ever shut up? You know, that's what he said, because that's like the first. And that really triggered all the Hanafiro stuff for me, where it's like, I'm embarrassed mm. that that there's this person with something that people think is a flaw and that that's associated with me and that that reflects poorly upon me. And, I feel like that uh, was, um, I mean, one man's, that, that's one man's thing. But I think, I, personally, I, I admire that about her. So I think that like in like a completely different sense of it, like I think that it's it's not a thing that is a flaw. I think yeah. that I mean maybe some people that guy said it said it in a way that it is, but I I I mean in terms of yeah. you being insecure about her being so talkative because pe- you think that people think that that yeah. that's a flaw. I don't think people actually think that that's a flaw cuz she's a person that can walk in and talk to anybody and just yeah. gab and it's I think many people find that to be like a really attractive quality in a person. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when my sister visited here, um, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Yeah. I remember. Um, me and Julie and her went out and had some pizza at Elliot's restaurant when he was working. Oh, okay. and me and Julie and my sister were served by Elliot who hates Julie. Yeah. And my sister at the end of the night was like, talking about how nice she thinks it is that Julie just constantly is talking because that means you don't have to worry about it. Like you don't have to worry about saying anything. You don't have to worry about thinking of something to say. You don't like you can just chill. Yeah. And it can just go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my thing with my struggle with anxiety is a lot about the fear of silence Mm. and the fear of running out of something to say and the fear of those kinds of people that kind of kill conversation. Mm. And my biggest, the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me is that I used to be a teacher and every single night before going to bed, I would just be so afraid that I was going to walk into the classroom and run out of material Mm. before the 45 minutes is up. And it was like the biggest, I was just so, it was why I couldn't teach anymore because... I could never, 24-7, like even on my day off, I would just be like freaking out that maybe I was going to run out of material. And then Julie is this person that really, her way of just always be going Mm -hmm. really clicks into that in a very, it really soothes that fear. Yeah. And I don't know. 
I don't know if I would say that that means there were opposites, but I mean, not even opposites, but again, we're like, very you different look for things in a person that either like really exemplify a certain thing in you or things <clears throat> that you don't have. Yeah. Okay. I have to, okay. I have to talk about another thing that sucks, okay. which is like, my dad really sucks right now. Mm. And he is like this person with a drinking problem and like, <clears throat> and he's kind of like a broken person and I don't really like talking to him because he, um, it brings up a lot of things in myself. I think it's about how I am afraid of becoming him. Mm. And then I did this thing that we don't do in Sweden where I said, I don't actually want to talk to you until you have like an extended period of sobriety. And we don't cut people off in Sweden. It just doesn't exist. In America, it's super common. Everyone I know has some part of the family that has been lopped off. Yeah. Because two people just decided to cut the cord. Yeah. And in Sweden, it's, you just grit down. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you just clench your jaw and you just hate each other. Jesus. And you always go to Christmas and it all happens. And... <clears throat> And then my dad, his reaction was really weird where he um, called me like 20 times the day after I sent him that message. And then he called me, and he's just been calling me like 20 times every single day. Wow. On Skype, on WhatsApp, on every single app. And he sends me messages on all these different apps. And it's like, it's such a crazy reaction. Because it misses the point completely where it's like, bro. Because the message he sends is like, yeah, I know I have a problem and I just want to talk to you about it. But it's like, bro, I'm saying I can't, yeah. yeah, I can't help you with it and you have to sort it out. And then if you figure out a way to sort it out, maybe we can talk. And his reaction is, I don't know, it's so, oh, it's really fucking with me. And he sent me these messages and... um yeah, he sends me all these voice messages that I haven't listened to because I can't listen to them. Yeah, Sometimes really I just tough. have voice messages from my dad that I like don't listen to for like 14 months. Mm-hmm. And then 14 months in, it's like I have this thing where it's like, okay, maybe right now I feel interested in it. And I, I go and I listen to some voice message that he sent me like 14 months prior. Ugh. That sounds really hard. It sounds like he is... So desperate to have you in his life that there not be a problem with his yeah. problem that he is trying to find i mean he's trying to find the workaround of yeah. like not actually necessarily changing and listening to you and changing but instead like drawing you into it and saying well if you understood why then you would understand this yeah. isn't the okay thing like it sounds like he's doing the justification step and yeah. trying to bring you into that but as a child of his that's not your responsibility. And yeah. Maintaining that distance from him to ma- like maintain your own mental health is absolutely the thing that you should do. And I'm sorry that he's not respecting that because that's, that's not okay. Um, it sounds like it doesn't, like he doesn't know how to do that. It sounds like if, if it's so deeply ingrained in your culture yeah, to continue to see and go as normal even when you don't like somebody or something about a person that he is trying to do that and thinking that it's the tried and true thing that's always work. And now that it's not working, 
he's kind of scrambling and doesn't quite know how to how to resolve it and it sucks that he doesn't have those resources but it's yeah ultimately it's not your responsibility here's here's how ingrained it is in sweden it's um a week ago or two when i decided that i was just gonna like tell him that i don't want to talk to him i called my mom and told her the same thing Mm -hmm. because i have a great relationship with my mom talk to my mom i talked to my mom almost every day you know on the apps you know a little voice message a little text message almost every day uh lots of video chatting um and i told her and, and she was like yeah you have the right to tell him that you don't want to talk to him if he has a problem with like fucking substances and shit. Like that's just how, like you don't, no one's going to force you. Yeah. So she's saying that she understands it. And then today, this is so fascinating. Today, she's like, oh, I talked to your dad. He's been trying to call you. You must have, he must have missed you when you, he must have, he must have accidentally called when you were like at work <laughs> because you didn't pick up. And this guy has called me literally 200 times in the last two weeks. So it's like, bro, you think I've been at work two, at 200 points? <laughs> it's like, bro, you know, this is terrible, but. It, I mean, it sounds like your dad is being reinforced for this behavior you know like if your mom i don't even know how yeah okay so if if because if you yourself are just absolutely not responding at all yeah and there's no kind of it's just complete stonewall Mm -hmm. for him what it might be is that he he will he won't give up for another two weeks or for another month and Mm. then after that month he gets it if if it's been complete yeah absolute like and that behavior on extinction. But if your mom is kind of reinforcing it sometimes by saying, hey, I mean, maybe he was at work when you called, so maybe just try again yeah. later. Then he'll be like, oh, man, he talks to her, and she's telling me to call and try again. Let yeah. me just keep trying. Yeah. So if it might just be the fact that she's intermittently kind of reinforcing it by encouraging him to do it, and yeah. it won't be until there's an absolute... I mean, if anything... You can tell her to tell him, like, don't call him or call him yeah, when you're Yeah, I mean, sober. that's what I have to do. I talk to my mom all the time, and I now I have to tell her again. Same thing I've already told her once. But, and it's it, it's really hard to tell her mm. because it's just a thing that's never been said in Swedish before. It's just a completely novel arrangement of words. Mm. And... It's, ooh, it does not feel good. But I have to do it one more time. And um, and I think you need to ask it from her as well. Ask it from her in that, tell him not to talk to me. Like, if he asks you yes. about me, I don't want you to say. Because it sounds like if you're having to tell her again, the first time she was like, yeah, those are your feelings. But yeah. she probably didn't think of it in a way that was like, you're just not gonna. You're like you were yeah. actually gonna do it. Yeah. And because I fucking meant it. Yeah. You know. Because her her role in this is that she is now this middle person. Yeah. And you got to tell the messenger, or else the message is not. Yeah. Gonna get delivered well. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. That's a lot. I'm sorry that your dad's doing that. It's okay. Mm, it's not. Do okay. you want to talk through any parent stuff? 
your parents stuff. My parents are the same <laughs> they've always been. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. People don't change. People do not change. Yeah. Okay. So that's about 45 minutes about me. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about you for a little bit. That's so funny. So, Marissa, are, are you moving out? Am I moving out? I mean, we'll fucking see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, we'll see. Because okay. I don't know what's going to happen with this Oh, yeah. Did we even say that? As in, what are the big things that have happened Oh, since that last was, episode. Yeah. So I got a job and the job is as... I want to take it one step back because okay. you got into UW. And I applied for this other position in like their res life, their residential life. Mm. And basically I will be the RA version, uh, or sorry, the grad version of an RA for mm. grad students. So, so a resident advisor is what that stands for. And it's like in Sweden, we have these corridors and it's as if a person in the corridor was getting free rent to be the guy to do those cleaning meetings on Sundays. Cleaning meetings? Yeah, on Sundays, you usually have like a meeting in the corridor. I'm just culturally translating this to a Swedish context. Got it. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so the actual title is a community assistant, mm. and it is... How is it different from a community organizer, which is what Barack Obama was? No difference. I okay. am Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, good. Okay, Anyways, good. Um, so that was three weeks ago, and it feels like everything is very uncertain. So I accepted... And I'm just not sure that there's actually going to be a summer need because a lot of classes are online. Because of COVID. Why are you saying it like that? That's how they say it in the South. Okay, well. COVID-19. All right, well. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, if the if, if there's nobody in the dorms, they're not going to need me. So, mm. uh, I don't know when I'm moving out. And also, if Autumn Quarter decides to go online as well, I don't even know. I don't yeah. know what the fuck would happen. Yeah. And I am just kind of sitting in that uncertainty and yeah. breathing through it and yeah. just going with the flow. So, yeah, I am going to move out eventually, but <laughs> who fucking knows when that will be? Yeah. And now we're January. <clears throat> yeah. One month, three months, nine months, or never if you instead do a... Graduate student session. Yeah, assistant. if you do a TA job. Yeah, well, TA, GSA, a little bit different, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to if do that a job even... that takes some of your um, tuition, pays your tuition stuff. instead of your room and board, because tuition is more than room and board. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, Un uncertain days. Uncertain days are ahead. Let's talk about something else about Marissa. Marissa, are you a person of color? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bitch. <laughs> That's so great. Of, of all the things that you could have asked me, um, I guess it's complicated. Marissa, yes or no? Fuck you. <laughs> it's complicated. It's complicated? Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you were assigned Cuban at birth? <laughs> because um, of <laughs> qualifiers so that I'm I so funny, man. always have to... I, I always feel the need to use qualifiers of why mm. I am right. a person of color because... Right. For the podcasters who cannot see me, mm. um, even though my last Black. name, no, Barack Obama, Jesus Christ, 
Even though my last name is Rodriguez, I have very white skin uh, from my Irish-German mother. And yeah, I mean, even my my dad is Cuban. They immigrated here from Cuba when my dad was like 13. Mm. So my grandmother is light-colored skin and my dad is like a caramely skin. But I do not present physically Mm. uh, in appearances as a person of more pigmentation i don't present i i have white privilege Mm. as they would say so the idea is that from an experiential way you're you have a lot of white experiences because Mm. people treat you as white yes well okay i I would i would even frame it in a different way i have not had the discrimination Mm. and um right yeah lack of opportunity Mm. because i am white passing Mm. In a Versus. sort of walking down the street kind of context. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on paper, I still look... On yeah. paper, I look brown because my last name is Rodriguez. Yeah, and you got that back of house last name. That's true. Um, but in person, which is where people, I mean, I feel like face really... I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like people face discrimination all around. But like in terms of like the, the lived experience of in person, um, I have not had the discrimination that many people of color have had. And I don't know that that necessarily needs to mean that that's like the defining characteristic of being a person of color, but it's just, it all goes back Mm. to like these qualifiers. Like, yeah, I Mm. like my grandmother raised me and I helped take care of her. And I was brought up in a very culturally Cuban place for 18 years Mm. and I'm 25. So it was actually a really significant portion of my life. And I grew up speaking Spanish at the same time as being English, but I don't speak it as much anymore since she passed. And it's like, there's just a lot of, when I'm asked that question, I think of the the qualifiers that would make it so that like, I mean, I guess I might be a person of color. I mean, I guess I so could be. So what do you be. mean by qualifiers? The things that a person of color, the characteristics, the, because... the I speak um, a language. I mean, I, I speak... Okay, because it sounds like very related to just the concept of. I mean, you're not saying it. it you're. I mean, it, it sounds very related to the, just the concept of like points, where you're trying. When a person tries to gather points, why are you being funny? I'm trying to move the mic. It's very. The tough. mic is falling down. It's not falling. It's like points in. Because the person with the most points get to have all the opinions and gets to be listened to more and doesn't have to shut up. Those are usually the white people, but yeah. The white people have the fewest points, though. Like, uh, oh, I mean, okay, you're talking about like socially allowed points and like. I'm situations. talking about yeah. There's different. I mean, there's different worlds. There's one world which is a sort of mainstream white supremacy world that exists where white people have much more of a voice. I feel like that is the world that I'm in. That is the predominant world. Because I know that you're saying that there's a lot of worlds, but I feel like that is the world where it makes being a person of color and it makes like having white privilege be that topic. So I think that like in talking about it in terms of the different worlds, I think like that is the world that I'm operating in and trying to use my white passing as a, as an allyship way, but also being a person of color. It's just, it's complicated. Okay. Because that's not what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> Rosa is losing patience with me. 
Marissa, it's the mic. I think the microphone is fine. I just feel weird that I can't see you. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is that I got these new boomstick mic arms, so we're sitting really far away from each other. And like looking at each other through the gaps through, in the arms. Through a bunch of arms. <laughs> through a bunch of cords and arms and metal. Um, if you were to question hey, me about my person of color and this topic, <laughs> I want to fucking look you in the eye when you're questioning me. Hey, Marissa, we should both close our eyes for this. <laughs> I, my eyes have been closed for most of this podcast because that's when I'm the most honest. Mm. So, yeah, there's one world where there's a mainstream white thing where white people are the only people with a voice. And then there is a different world where it's these small micro worlds that maybe exist on a campus where everyone sort of agrees that white people need to shut up for a little bit and listen. And maybe if you're like, you know trans person of color different stuff going on you have intersectionality belief system wise um more points and maybe people listen to you a little bit more i mean i don't think we need to pretend that those both of those worlds don't exist i mean both of those worlds exist and the mainstream world is much bigger and i'm not even saying that the little campus world is totally wrong or anything like we're chilling you know not accusing you of anything marissa (laughs) And I'm not even being shitty about it because I don't, um, I don't disagree with that project completely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. All your words bother me, but okay, yeah. Do they like which part? Which words of what I just said wasn't progressive enough for you? Well, it's not even just that. I feel like it's just the. I mean, like it's, it's a little bit of like acknowledging because you're acknowledging that the white dominated society that we live in is a world. But the fact that you're saying that they're two different worlds, that like you get more points for having higher intersectionality points Mm -hmm. is a separate world. Like that's the smallest world trying to survive in that big world. And that's- I mean, that's how that world likes to see itself. But it's also, I think it's very, I think it's actually very healthy to, you know, Van Jones, he's like this, talking head on MSNBC, whatever, liberal leftist guy. Mm. But he, I went to this talk that he did where he stands in this room on a stage in front of all these people in Seattle. And he's like, look, we have to also be honest with the fact that this, the liberal half of everything is in ascendancy. And this part, like there are many people that are like really poor, toothless, motherfucking white people in Appalachia who feel like they don't have a voice because that whole like, you know, pride parade culture thing is is bulldozing something that they care about. So it's like there is a thing where um, you can also admit that there's some sort of like I mean, he, he, I mean, he talked about it very nicely where it's, it's, it's not, it's helpful for, for the people, because I also see myself as on the left side of everything, where I try to be progressive and I want to be progressive. And I think it's also helpful for us to admit that the mainstream is uh, mostly progressive. But you don't think that's true? No, I don't think it's true. I don't yeah, think the mainstream is mostly progressive at all. I don't agree. I don't agree because I feel like there are still so many places where people make big decisions for people 
that, like, for people from minorities, for women, for anybody that's not a white man, that don't include those people in those decisions. And I think, like, that is a big cornerstone of not really having a progressive society. Like, I... I so, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's very difficult, obviously, to nail it down to anything because the world is like this super chaotic thing of mm-hmm. millions of data points. But, yeah, I mean, there's just certain things that just feel monumental that stand for certain things. Like, Amazon is just the biggest fucking bedrock of everything in Seattle, and it's the, just becoming the biggest company in America. And Amazon, when they put out a press release with their values, their corporate values, it's like seven points of being like, yeah, we have to take care of the planet. We can't be fucking misogynistic. We have to not be transphobic. We have to not be racist. And it's just like seven points of being progressive. And I think that's very good. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree with every single thing, every single word in that like kind of corporate, like a little bit just wishy-washy, but it's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Like it's a pretty strong set of points put out by a very, very powerful company. And I think it's not helpful for us to not admit that every boardroom in America, when they when they want to put out a fucking press release of values, of corporate values, it has to be a version of those values. And if you don't do that, if you go the Chick-fil-A route, where you're like, well, I don't have to love the gay people, that company gets shitted on, which I think it should, but I, I think it's silly to not admit that um, there is a liberal ascendancy going on in America. I think that there, yeah, no, I mean, I think that there is liberal ascendancy, if you want to say it like that, but I think that's like very a different. thing is rising up but the th- over the last 30, 20, 15 years. So I think the, the fact that there is a need to include those really quote unquote like progressive or liberal, you know, <laughs> values yeah. in these big companies yeah. is a testament to the fact that we are not a very progressive society. There I just feel like human beings are kind of like these shitty tribal angry, like <laughs> they hate everyone who's different. They hate everyone that doesn't just like when we're just plopped down in a village, we don't do it perfect. And that's our starting position. And that starting position is a thing where like the man is stronger than the woman. So he fucking knocks her above in the head every day. And in a madman era kind of way, he goes out further than her from the village and, and gets resources and she gets to fucking get berries from around the village and whatever, you know, like we're shitty and then we have to work on it. And in the last 30 years, I think... I mean, because you're, what you're saying there is like the fact that Amazon have to, has to put out a statement saying that we shouldn't be transphobic means that we're not very progressive because that means that some people are transphobic. Like mm. that's I'm trying to restate your point back to you because that's kind of what you said. Like the fact that they have to put that out means that we're not that that we're not that progressive. Yeah, no, I get what you're yeah. saying. But I think like ultimately, though, but it's like being not transphobic. It takes a little bit of work because like. You have to sort of sit with things and think things through, and and like the the. You know. No, I get you what you're with saying. What, what I'm saying there. I, yeah. No, I, the thing is, like, I I even agree with pretty much everything you're saying. But the thing is, is when you ask, like, do you think that this is like a progressive country? No, I still don't think that it is. I think that again, like, there's like you said, a liberal ascendancy. Mm. 
like in general, it's still and even how you how you describe the two different worlds, a smaller world of mm. people with intersectionality having more points. Like that I feel like really goes to show that it's not big. It's getting bigger and yeah. we're making moves and we are trying and trying to be loud enough to make some kind of change, but I don't think at base it's a progressive place i think that people are trying and i don't think that we're not trying so i'm not disagreeing with what you're saying i'm just saying that at base i don't think that it's a progressive place but i think that the people within it the small minority of people are trying to make it a progressive place. yeah no i i like everything you said there and i actually agree with everything you said there and i think that's actually slightly closer to the van jones point that i was trying to restate because his point wasn't that america is a progressive place Mm -hmm. his point is that what I'm saying is that there has been a change and that change has been towards more, pro- like progressive things had been brought out more into the light. Yeah. And I, I think we agree on, uh, because yes, I don't want to downplay how many fucking social conservatives there are. And like this country is full of people, like white people who fucking want to use the N word and are have horrible opinions. Like yeah. that's a, who knows, you know, 15% of people in this country have, awful opinions and then there's another 30 percent that have pretty terrible opinions i don't know where these statistics are coming from but okay yeah no but like i think that there's a 15 percent that would just if you not in a poll because they wouldn't admit it to anyone but it but just with their friends they would just admit that they're racist i mean yeah that's my that's my entire family yeah like i've met plenty <laughs> of people like that yeah. where like when you're just hanging out and you're all white people and like they're never going to say this to a fucking pollster but they don't like black people and so forth. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people won't actively admit they're racist, but I think they're like, yeah, yeah I'm not racist, but I don't like black people. Like, yeah. I think that that's exactly the phrase that would be yeah. kind of used. Like people that say, like, I've actually many times heard people talk to a black guy and be like, yeah, you're one of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that those is are very... real sentiment. But uh, yeah, okay. Now that we have uh, found a uh, foundation of uh, agreement, I think uh, we have to drink the sparkling water then. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> okay. So, do you know which flavor we're doing today? Are we doing passion fruit? I did a late game change. What was your late game change? It's this. Oh yeah, orange bubbly. Yeah, we're doing orange. So we got three types of orange in the house. All right, Marissa, you get to pick which one to start with. I am going to pick, hold on. Finish your thing. Well, no, my mom just texted me and she called me earlier and she was like, can you please call like your niece just weighed herself and she's feeling really bad about it. And it's just like, oh God, like she's nine years old and she's like already in this place that's like ascribing to these ideals and it's just so real and sad and horrible and it's just, it's yeah, it's very real. That's awful. Yeah. It's the real shit. Um. What is this? Ain't nothing a little bit of orange-flavored sparkling water can't fix. <laughs> is that right? No. <laughs> no, it's not right. Um, sparkling water can't fix it. We're doing some new things today. Okay, what, like what? Like, we're not afraid of new things here on the pod. I'm saying field day. We haven't had field day on the pod before. Yeah. We've been doing some things where it's been like, oh, a peach episode, but it's a peach ginger-flavored thing. I feel like we've been sort of wandering off, off kilter. Mm-hmm. we've been kind of off track and this time we're just doing orange flavored no fucking bullshit there you go no fusions straight up orange so we're starting with field day orange 
It's got a good crack to it. Snap, crackle, pop. Field day, orange flavored. Let's smell it. Ooh, smells good. It's hot in here. This is going to be fucking it's, good. <laughs> it's like already, like it's a light smell. I already like it. Oh, it's so light and delicious smelling. Oh. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with that. Really? I disagree. Um, I think it's like the light smell up top is very much makes it so the actual taste is literally nothing. Like mm. there's no orange that's coming across. It's just it's very light soda. It's very light. I am thirsty and it's hot in here and uh, I love it. I'm going to I'm going to refill my cup. Now, it isn't a very real orange flavor. It very much reminds me of some something from my childhood, maybe some ice cream thing that had this orange chemical in it that's oh. in here. <laughs> yeah, no. This just reminds me of when I was trying to get like Fanta soda. Yeah, oh, oh. And oh, oh. <laughs> and it just like came out as way too much like soda and not enough of that syrup, the Fanta syrup. So Wait, what like, are you talking about here? Like from a fountain or? Oh yeah, like a fountain drink. Oh, from a fountain and then you, they haven't calibrated the syrups correctly? Yeah, so, so it just like. you get like broken Fanta? Yeah, that's what yeah. this is really this reminding is me of. sort of like that, but it's sort of like, imagine that you have a broken Fanta machine and through the happenstance of a broken thing, something beautiful is invented. You know what I'm saying? Like something beautiful is invented by accident. No, I, I like get if it. If you were a kid and you walk up to a fountain machine and you're trying to get Fanta and you reach out your little cup and you get this. I'm going to be fucking pissed. You're luckier than anyone. This is I would be lucky. Ice cold, crisp bubbles, little hint of orange. I'd be so upset. Yes, you would, because children don't get it. You know how many... Are you, you know saying I am a child now? No, not necessarily. I'm just saying, like, the demographic of the uh. people that listen to the pod. We're kind of light in the old 13 to 16 age range. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... It's not, like, the main... <laughs> okay, okay. It's not... I don't have a whole lot of 15-year-olds listening to the pod. Um, Good old field day. Uh, give it a give it a score. Give it a score. Why don't you? One point two <laughs> out of ten. Oh fuck! I'm very very. Marissa coming out guns blazing. <laughs> okay. What is Shit. your score on that? Yeah, eight. Oh god. Eight. Okay, number two. <clears throat> Michel Bublé. Oh, I fucking love bubbly. Marissa loves bubbly. Here, why don't you just pour it in this cup? What? No, no, no. Here's your oh, cup. Oh, we're getting brand new cups because we're bougie bitches. Dude, if you're at a wine tasting and they just give you one solo cup, <laughs> you're not at a wine tasting. <laughs> Some guy you. named Randy is calling <laughs> you from the corner. No, 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 no. If, you're, if there's some guy named Randy there, then you're at a wine tasting. <laughs> okay. But I don't know, man. I was going to say something bad. Okay, we're bubbly, bubbly, orange, orange. This is a stronger smell. Whoa, orange. you smell how different that is? Yeah, I'm already very excited about it. Very different. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, the fact that it lingers in the back of the tongue, back of the throat, that's great. Yeah. That is great. So the first one, to me, tasted not like a broken soda fountain, but it tasted like either... 
that you take a bottle of Fanta and you put it in the freezer and half of the ingredients freeze and then you open it up and it's just like half melted and you try to get it but what you're getting like all the syrup is frozen somehow and you only get the water have you ever had this happen where you freeze coke and then you unfreeze it never and what comes out is like not right i've never experienced that okay that's very odd well i have okay (laughs) i have my experience is valid yeah your experience is valid and uh that or just frozen ice type ice cream like maybe what you would call a popsicle i don't know like in sweden we had a lot of um just like the shittest kind of ice cream is that you pretty much just buy plastic elongated bladders with different color water in it oh yeah we definitely have otter pops here otter pops yeah otter pops hey man to all my swedish listeners out there if i gave you one million years could you have guessed what that that she was gonna say otter pop (laughs) one million years you wouldn't have been able to guess it And, and you know it and i know it yeah okay so the first one the field day it's a little bit like something like that where you're sucking on a piece of frozen ice from a plastic Okay. Sleeve. Yeah, I can see where you're getting that from. Yeah. And then the bubbly is like what bubbly always is. It's more like straight candy. I don't get the candy sense. I get more of the the refreshing. It's like when you when you bite into an orange and just like the juice kind of splurts all in your mouth and it just tastes fantastic and refreshing. Yeah, but this is still good. It's a seven. Yeah, for me, like. 8.5. 8.5. 8.5. 8.5. She loves it. <laughs> uh, let's do the last one. Yeah, this one looks like Perrier. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't look not. like Perrier at all. It looks like um, what called, is it called, Marissa? It's called Crystal oh, Crystal Geyser. Sparkling spring water with carbonation. Ooh. It says sparkling water with carbonation. Ooh. That's terrible copywriting. Grab the last cup. Tilt it. Okay. Orange. Let's smell it. Oh, it smells like an orange peel. Fuck, that is so much more real in contrast to the field day and the bubbly. Now, suddenly, we've left the candy aisle. We have left the frozen food section (laughs) with the ice creams. This reminds me of California Adventures. When you go on um, this ride in California Adventures, it's called California Soarin'. Yeah, Soarin'. Or Soarin' over California, Wings over California, some shit like that. Okay. And Is this an amusement park? Yes. And you're in this ride and you're sitting in and it's like a, it's a 4D ride where they lift you, like you're, you're seated and they lift you and it's like very enclosed in an auditorium and they play, they have these fans that are going towards you and yeah. you are at, as if you were going in the helicopter ride. So there's like this change of scenery and it's a, a massive IMAX screen. Mm. So you're just like soaring through these fields and then there's this one where you're like soaring through like orange fields and it smells exactly like this. Oh, because they also so they give do, the smell. Uh, they do. They got a little scent gun. Yeah. Did you taste it? Oh, yeah. That's weird. That's not what I thought it would taste like. Yeah. So you smell it, and it smells like you have entered the produce section of the grocery store. But then you drink it, and it tastes horrible. <laughs> it tastes like fish. <laughs> 
Are you getting that? <laughs> it has a tainted metallic taste, which is very surprising because this is out of a plastic bottle. Yeah. I'm trying it's... to like close my nose, close my mouth, and breathe through my nose or out of my nose. So that's how you can taste. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you go what like. What did you just say? I didn't understand it at all. <laughs> you usually like, close your mouth. Yeah. And exhale through your nose, mm-hmm. and that's how you taste. Bro, I'm sorry. <laughs> I happen to know quite a bit about this, and that's not how it's done. I mean, I think what you're trying to say is that there's like a way to taste more than just your normal consumption mode level of tasting. Well, no, because like and the way to do it is not that. Okay. Close your mouth and go. And yeah. breathe out so, through your nostrils, you will taste it. So here's the thing. That's totally wrong. <laughs> and here's the thing. When you learn how to taste wine, you first everyone learns the same technique for how you can make it taste more to really open up. Huh. And then everyone is allowed to take that basic technique and develop their own thing. Hmm. where people, when you meet wine masters, sometimes they have a way of drinking it and a gurgling sound that you have never heard because they have just their own thing. But what you're describing is not one. Like, that's not allowed. Like, you're you're given complete freedom, but not that. <laughs> <laughs> like, closing your mouth and exhaling through your mo- m- nose is outside of... <laughs> Outside of the good techniques. Maybe this is my new technique. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So <laughs> now, because of that, we're going to then do the normal technique. You keep the basic technique that everyone has to start with yeah. is that you keep some in your mouth and then you inhale like this. Because then you pull air through it in bubbles. You just, you just inhale, you make a small mouth hole and you pull air through it through the liquid. Let's, okay, okay let's try it. Let's, let's try, try it. both. So I did yours. Now. Okay, no. First do mine and then I think. Did, okay. Yeah, but do mine and then talk about the flavors. It's nicer. It's rounder. It's oranger. It's a little oranger. Yeah, it's a little. It's. It, I, I like that you said rounder because it feels like it's really at the yeah. front of my tongue more. Mm. But also like sparkling water is just kind of. A tough thing when it comes to taste because it's like the bubbles are so predominant that it's I don't feel like taste comes. God, this is awful. There's like a perfume. (laughs) Yeah. There's like a lavender weird perfume thing. Yeah, it it hangs around there. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so now we're doing yours. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping some liquid in my mouth and then I'm closing my mouth and then I'm exhaling through my nose. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you really taste it? Uh, describe your impression of your own technique there first. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting it more centered to back of the throat, a center tongue, back of the tongue. And um... I, I'm not tasting anything when I'm doing your technique. Okay, because we just did your technique right before. That's <laughs> why so I said we should have had like a palate cleanser. Because now that you're and trying mine, you're like, oh, do? so it's so inferior. It would have just been like, okay, and then we would actually be able to do a taste again. Oh, no, because you're saying like, it has nothing to do with it. Like, that's no, not a like, way. No, but like keeping the liquid in my mouth still and then exhaling through my nose is a little bit funny to me. And it doesn't really open up the smell to me. But hey, Marissa, why do you always make me sound like such an asshole? Because <laughs> you are Marissa. always such an asshole <laughs> to me. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't want to be an asshole. <laughs> God damn it. It just, 
I bring it out in you, it's my fault. <laughs> you gotta hit me, slap me around a little bit, <laughs> teach me a lesson. <laughs> Where is that coming from? It just so felt like really tangential. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So give it a score. Now, keep in mind that you gave the field day 1.5. That was horrible. And then this tastes like fish. Yeah, that's actually... Weird. This is, to me, this is a one. Like, this literally tastes bad. So it's a one. Yeah, I'm... I and mean, you should revise your field day to, like, a four or something, because it's just... It wasn't really your type of orange. I feel like my the field day would be more of a three, and then this would be more of, like, a 1.5. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Was there anything else I was gonna... Yeah, no. So uh, this is the first time... You're the first returning guest... I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, Bubba. So I had a lot of pretend returning guests where I just took this recording session and uh, split it up in two. Oh, nice. Yeah, so right. I'm, I'm the only actual but it wasn't a return. returning guest. Okay. Um, yeah, because the reason I did them so many in beforehand was that I, th I felt like if I... Um... You knew COVID was going to happen. <laughs> I did it. I did the COVID. <laughs> Because podcasts are taking over in the old quarantine world. True. Um, now I felt like I didn't know how much time and effort was going to go into keeping making an episode every week. So I wanted to have like a good six, seven episodes in the can ready to go. Yeah. But then I realized that it doesn't take that much effort and they need to be current. Yeah, that's true. It's, they're much nicer when they're fresh. And, um, yeah, now they're going to be fresher. Ooh, that sounds like a lot more work for you. I mean, it's just like one day a week I'll, I'll be working on it. Because, really, the thing was that the only – I don't care if no one listens. The thing which I see as a failure is if Saturday rolls around and I don't get an episode. If I don't get it, man, I'm turning my phone off and I'm wandering out into the forest and – I'm never going to look anyone in the eye again. Yeah, that yeah. sounded very dark to begin with. And, and it yeah. ended weird. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, no, that's mean... a failure. If I don't got it. But but I'll, I'll got it. I will got it. You'll got it. Yeah. You'll got it. I, yeah. I believe in you. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Marissa, you're so good at believing in people. I do. Why am I such an asshole? It's a curse. It's a curse that the curse that cuts both ways, eh? It's true. Um, all right. Well, Marissa, before you move out, if you move out, we're gonna do an exit interview too, and that's when you're really gonna open up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll do. Uh, but uh, we'll the, for now we'll call it there. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. See you there. I don't know. Thank you for listening to this week in sparkling water. That was our review of three orange-flavored sparkling waters. Field Day, Bubbly, and Crystal Geyser. Geyser? Geyser. That brings us to our closing segment. Sparkling Water, Sparkling Mind. And uh, for today's session, I want you to just, just close your eyes and just sit there and wait. 
and just look at your mind and see what comes up. There's no wrong answer, you know? Whatever thought comes up, just observe it. And don't forget to observe it. Because when you stop observing it, you become it. <laughs>